Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you come back for the next episode covering the points of this conversation. And follow the podcast on social media by finding at Prestigious Pod. Follow me, Mr. Kent, at Mr. Chris R. Kent. Follow me, Chris Bean, at Chris Bean Official. Join our Discord for exclusive content and personal interactions. And if you'd like to be coached on how to live a more prestigious life, you can reach out to me, Chris Bean, on one of my social media platforms or by emailing the podcast directly at prestigiousinitiative at gmail.com. Lastly, sign up for our newsletter either through social media or on our website. This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I am Chris Kent, and here with me is Chris Bean. Hello, Mr. Bean. Hello, sir. Also today, we have an inspiring guest, Bernice George, a psychologist, counselor, and personal development coach. Welcome, Bernice. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Let's kind of dive right into it. Let's get started. If we could, I want to discuss the concept of coherent identity. And uh, why is that so crucial as a foundation for self-advocacy? Sure. Firstly, it's important to understand the meaning of coherent identity. Essentially, it refers to a person's consistent and cohesive sense of self that extends across time and different settings. For example, the home, at work, or in the community. It's having a stable perception and a broad understanding of who you are as a unique individual. That is your personality traits, the things you value, your beliefs, thoughts, feelings, motives, aspirations, and behavior. And crucially, how these interrelate and play a crucial role in the way you navigate and interpret life events and experiences. Now, self-advocacy is the ability to understand and communicate our needs in a way that leads to the fulfillment of those needs. Now, the reason why coherent identity is critical to self-advocacy is really quite straightforward. You cannot truly advocate for yourself if you're unsure about who you are and what you truly want or need in life. Hence, knowing your values, your interests, strengths, as well as your limitations can help you set realistic goals and make choices that reflect your true self rather than making choices that simply conform to societal norms and expectations. Mm. Now, when someone has a coherent identity, they can confidently articulate their thoughts, their needs, their rights, because they know who they are, and what they stand for. So it's that stable self-perception that equips them to to navigate the various contexts, um, the various contexts for what they require. If I can give you a prime example, Chris. Take, for example, an individual with a disability. Now, If this person has a coherent identity, they understand their inherent worth, their condition, their needs, boundaries, as well as rights. And then they can effectively and consistently advocate for what they need to flourish in work. So for instance, 
they can request accommodations in the workplace or educational setting if they're a student and insist on their rights to accessible facilities, services, etc. So in essence, a coherent identity can serve as a person's roadmap, allowing us to navigate through life with more clarity, confidence, self-determination, and resilience, which are totally critical for effective self-advocacy. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I, as you're talking about that, thinking about how that really impacts everything, knowing what's important to you, knowing your boundaries, knowing what you need and be able to communicate that I think is, is critical, as you said, and I think it's something that we could all benefit from. So uh, in that context, when you are working with someone or talking with someone, or even if you just have a few tips, how do we kind of uh, approach that and kind of de- develop our own Um, self-advocacy to lead to empowerment and personal growth? Absolutely. Now, self-advocacy is incredibly important for everyone, especially women in the workplace. I'm I'm a a champion for women, so I specialize on supporting women. So that said, self-advocacy is definitely a bedrock um, for women in the workplace as it empowers us to use our voice um, to express our ideas, our aspirations, and our concerns in a really effective manner. Now, we we cannot rely on others to advocate for us. We don't have that luxury. So being proactive in highlighting our achievements and expressing our needs helps ensure we are recognized and treated fairly. Now, you may imagine self-advocacy includes everything from taking credit for our work, to requesting whether it's a promotion, negotiating salaries, or addressing issues of harassment or discrimination. And these, they, these things are really important because they contribute to our personal growth and empowerment in so many ways. So here's the first um, uh, suggestion that I'll make in terms of how we can go about advocating for ourselves. Self-advocacy actually teaches women to value our own worth and to reject any notion that we are less deserving than our male colleagues, right? It allows us to navigate for fair pay and fight the gender gap that still exists in so many workplaces today. It also fosters self-confidence, resilience, and independence and makes it more likely for us to inspire or aspire, I should say, for leadership roles and advancement in our careers. Now, I'll I'll share another scenario with you. A a woman may feel she's not being given equal opportunities to lead projects at work because of her gender. Now, when she develops her self-advocacy skills, she can tactfully provide evidence of her exceptional work and contributions and express her concerns, her expectations, as well as her aspiration to her manager. Now, by proactively expressing her ideas for a leadership role, there's actually a higher likelihood of receiving 
opportunities for training, mentorship, leading to what we all want, professional growth and advancement. So by assessing herself, I'm sorry, by asserting herself, a woman can show her leadership skills and make sure her talents and expertise are fully utilized and appreciated. Now, this type of assertiveness, assertiveness could potentially lead to changes in the workplace culture, as well as the creation of more opportunities for women to receive due recognition and respect. And so I'd say by practicing self-advocacy, people and women in particular set an example for other women. And I tell you, it's truly inspiring to see women stand up for herself, fight for her rights, and be rewarded with success and growth. And I think this encourages more women to do the same. And this paves the way for more equity in the workplace. I actually recall the story of Lily Ledbetter, whose case against Goodyear Tire led to the passing of Fair Pay Act. And it was inspiring because her ability to advocate for herself helped not only her, but countless other women experiencing wage discrimination. So to finally answer that question, I'd say self-advocacy and empowerment, it fosters self-confidence and resilience, helping women to champion their rights and take control of their career path. In a nutshell, self-advocacy is the catalyst which starts a chain reaction of empowerment and empowerment fuels personal and professional growth. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, just that one example of, of one person who uh, uh, advocated for themselves and, and this woman who stood up for herself and had the confidence to, to assert herself made a huge change. Like you said, it's not just within your own life, but it can have a big change within a community or a culture, and it can really affect a lot of things. And so, uh, again, it's another reason why this is so important that we not only uh, encourage everyone to uh, self-advocate or uh, find empowerment, but especially women in the workplace, because uh, there is still, even this day and age, um, a big discrimination and, and, and uh, age gap, or not age gap, sorry, a, a pay gap. And there's a lot of things happening that we, we sometimes uh, don't focus on. And so it's great to hear that not only you are out here doing this, creating that change, but you're also empowering and helping others to find that confidence to continue to make change because I think it's something that we need. Uh, and again, it's not something that is always talked about for, for worse, I think. Now, in the past, you've mentioned radical responsibility. Could you elaborate on what that means and how that plays a role in personal and professional development? Sure. Radical responsibility is the notion of taking full ownership of our thoughts, our emotions, our decisions, actions, and choices, as well as the consequences of those choices. It's the willingness to not only hold ourselves accountable, but also to drive positive change, which can significantly contribute to personal and professional development. It, it requires acknowledging that our successes and failures are predominantly the outcome of our decisions and actions, 
and not the actions of others or external circumstances. Now, in terms of personal development, radical responsibility entails accepting that only you are in charge of your life choices. For example, (laughs) and this makes me smile, (laughs) suppose you are consistently late to work and receive feedback about this from your supervisor. Now, instead of blaming external factors such as a malfunctioning alarm clock, a flat tire, or busy traffic, the radically responsible approach would mean accepting your role in this situation, possibly by recognizing you need a reliable device to awaken you in the morning so you can leave home earlier or plan your morning routines better. Now, when it comes to professional development, the idea of radical responsibility, radical responsibility applies just as readily. Now, if you work in, an, in a company for several years without any significant uh, promotion or salary increase, you may attribute this to stagnation. You may attribute this stagnation to external factors like the economy or a biased boss, perhaps. Now, these factors may very well be true. However, when viewed through the lens of radical responsibility, you might instead see these circumstances as the result of not pursuing additional training, developing relevant skills, or making your expertise and aspirations known to your manager. So radical responsibility shifts the narrative from one of blame and victimization to one of em- to one of empowerment and self-determination, right? Additionally, radical responsibility extends to making, and this is really important, ethical and morally upright choices in our professional dealings. Now, suppose there's a situation where a deal can be closed by manipulating the facts a little bit. While it may bring short-term success, Taking radical responsibility would involve doing what's right and maintaining integrity, honesty, and transparency, thereby leading to long-term respect and trust. In fact, individuals who adopt a mindset of radical responsibility often inspire trust and admiration from their peers. They foster a positive environment for their own personal and professional growth. Actually, in both personal and professional realms, radical responsibility isn't isn't about blaming oneself for everything that goes wrong. At its root, it's, it's about empowerment, realizing the part we play in our situation and knowing we have the agency to make changes. I'm thinking, Chris, through this approach, women can develop greater self-efficacy and autonomy, which are absolutely essential skills for success in today's workplace, as you pointed out earlier. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I like the idea about that because uh, it's so easy to 
uh, place the blame on other things. It's so easy to make excuses. Like you said, you could blame the alarm clock or the traffic or uh, anything else that, that uh, seemed to happen. But when you take radical responsibility, you are taking control and ownership of, of what is happening and doing something about it. And I think that's why it's so important is because you can't control those external things, but you can control yourself. And so when you take that radical responsibility, you can uh, continue or start to make the changes and things because you realize that you are in charge of you and it's your responsibility to uh, advocate for yourself, advocate for the things that are important to you and, and offer empowerment and work toward your goals uh, in, in, in a or efficient uh, kind of way. So I, I love that idea. and love that, uh, the concept there. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. As we're talking, um, thinking about radical responsibility, um, many women face challenges and obstacles in their careers. And what kind of strategies and insights can you share on how women can break through those barriers and find their voice in the workplace using their radical responsibility? Yeah, yes, that's so important. I mean, we've highlighted some of the challenges many women encounter in their careers. And I think the key point to remember is that we can break through these barriers when we decide to honor ourselves and the skills and talents we've been given to serve and enrich humanity. And so one major way to break through barriers is understanding the workplace culture and politics. And this can be quite tricky. However, you need to understand how decision-making works within your organization. And this involves observing how individuals within your company, how they gain influence, how key decisions are made, as well as the promotion cycle. Now, when, when we have a firm grasp of, of these, we'll be able to navigate more smoothly and establish a position of influence, which is part of what I describe as the code of breaking barriers, okay? That's, that's essential fact-finding, understanding of the culture of, 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 of the organization. Now, to establish that positive influence, it's essential that women speak up, okay? And a big part of having a voice in the workplace is to speak with confidence. Don't be afraid to express your opinions or suggestions. And I understand that this might feel uncomfortable at first, but you can learn ways to comfortably express your ideas and preferences to colleagues and managers. Now, you may be familiar with the research that shows that women are more likely to underrate their performances and are less confident in their abilities compared to men. Now, women can bridge this gap by recognizing their own worth, embracing their successes, and accepting compliments for a job well done. Now, in his book, The Confidence Gap, the author, Russ Harris, indicates that people lack confidence because of preoccupation with fear and a lack of experience and skill. Now we know as psychologists, therapists, coaches, we know that confidence is the result of 
competence. It comes from mastering your craft and being prepared and willing to stand up for yourself. Now, one solution strategy to building self-confidence could be regularly practicing or role-playing communication skills and gaining objective feedback from a trusted friend, maybe a colleague or a mentor. And again, you may remember um, Ruth Ginsburg. She was a late Supreme Court um, justice who used her voice to advocate for women's rights throughout her career. Now, despite the discrimination and setback she faced as a woman in law, she used these challenges as opportunities to push for equality. Now, this underscores the power of resilience, perseverance, and using your voice to initiate change for yourself and others. And that's linked with the previous point. Um, now, to find their voice and break barriers in the workplace, women need to work on our body language that communicates confidence and power. So women, stand tall, use your strong body language and make eye contact while speaking. It not only exudes confidence, but also helps to get your point across more effectively. Now, another way to break through barriers is to define your own success. Women need to establish what success means, what it looks like to them personally and professionally. And so this, by setting your own expectations, instead of trying to fulfill someone else's expectations, and so those expectations may include having a stable income, making a positive impact in the world, in the world, or leading a team. It's you deciding, you determining what success means to you and for you. Okay. And the other point I would make about um, breaking through barriers, this could include developing our emotional as well as our positive intelligence because the, these competences emotional competences allow us to handle office politics as well as criticisms positively they help us to manage stress effectively and as well as improve our overall decision making strategies and so i would invite the listeners to consider getting training on emotional and positive intelligence techniques to boost these skills because it's perfectly possible to develop them. There has to be that willingness to learn and to grow and to expand. And there is where that uh, personal power comes from. Yeah. And, and, uh... Again, listening to you talk, it sounds like a lot of this um, under the umbrella of that radical responsibility does take some work. And so I think that I think that as a society, even we, we like to think that we can just snap our fingers and everything will change or we wake up one day and we're all automatically going to be confident. But I, I do think that it would it takes work. Like you said, you have to invest in yourself and go seek out places you can learn and seek out people that can help you and and really put some 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 time into 
developing your empowerment, developing your confidence and your competence in what you're doing and, and kind of growing yourself so that you can advocate for yourself, be more confident and make a change kind of in those workplaces. And so with that in mind, uh, Bernice, could you share some practical tips on how individuals can connect to their inner power, their purpose and talents to help them to achieve the fulfillment they're looking for in life and in work? Absolutely. I think personal power is, is, is personal power essentially is, is our inner strength. It's our courage and it's our ability to create the reality that we desire, just following from what you've just said. And it, it involves harnessing our innate abilities and skills. Again, developing self-esteem and self-confidence and connecting with our authentic self. As you said, it's, it's not something you just suddenly awaken with. All of a sudden, oh, I'm so confident today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, it's something that requires intentionality. It's something that we need to work on. So earlier, we talked about coherent identity. And it's coherence that enables us to access this power and allows us to align with our life purpose shape our experiences, and again, navigate life's challenges more effectively. Now, the first step to connecting with our inner power is to cultivate self-awareness. It all starts with self-awareness. Now, this is done by taking time to honestly identify, assess, and understand our values, our beliefs, our talents, our desires, our personality, okay? Now, we can do some of these things like um, taking personality tests, for example, the Myers-Briggs or the DISC, or other online tests like Strength Finders, or even seeking feedback from someone or a few people who know us best, that can be particularly useful. Additionally, and this, this is really important from a psychological point of view, regular reflective activities can provide insights into our values, what makes us tick and what throws us off balance. And so reflective journaling can be an excellent tool for such introspection. Another way to connect with our inner power is through mindful meditation. Now, when we are aware of our thoughts and feelings and reactions to various situations, we begin to see patterns in our behavior. So for instance, you may realize that you work best in calm and quiet environments. And in that case, understanding this about yourself and consciously making the effort to create such environments when working could be you actually tapping into your personal power because you know how best you are and you have that ability to alter your environment to make sure that you're functioning as optimally as you want to. Now, 
Purpose and talents play a significant role in personal power. So finding what you love to do and what you're naturally good at and aligning these aspects with your life goals can enhance your sense of self-advocacy and power. For instance, let's say you love painting and you can perhaps create exceptional artwork but you're currently stuck in a job that doesn't tap into your talents. Now, it, it may not always be possible to, to demonstrate that high level of, artist, of artistry within the job role that you have. However, recognizing this passion and ability and consciously working towards honing your skills can help tap into your your personal power and you can actually find ways to integrate elements of art into what you're doing it doesn't have to be drawing or painting or anything like that how can uh, how can your artistic creativity be reflected in the work that you do okay now Chris let's let me emphasize the importance of acknowledging that you listener you have unique talents abilities and skills and you need to recognize that you are of high value, regardless of your current job conditions. I mean, it is well known that many women feel stuck in jobs they do not enjoy. Jobs that simply drain their drive and vitality. However, I mean, women can reclaim their personal power by finding work that aligns with their expertise and who they are at the core. So it may not always be possible to leave the job straight away, but it's having that plan as to how I'm going to align myself with what gives me joy, energy, and a stronger sense of purpose. And I think we mentioned this point earlier, Chris, uh, to apply personal power in life and work is so vital to set smart and purposeful goals and to have ambitions, again, that aligns with your meaning and purpose in life. So whether it's aiming for promotion or striving for personal growth, setting clear goals can help you track your progress. So important. Challenge yourself to push beyond perceived limits and motivate you to utilize your inner strengths more effectively to achieve the things you set out to accomplish. And so examples of tapping into personal power include learning a new skill, which, and again, that encourages, encourages self-confidence and competence. M making an effort to manage negative emotions such as anger and fear. Challenge negative thoughts and beliefs. So start by developing the habit. Um, the author's name has eluded me, but he, he wrote extensively about those micro habits. We build on those habits until they become, we don't need to think about them any longer. That's by definition, a habit is something you don't really think about. So we need to start by developing those habits of optimism and positive self-talk. Now, the way we speak to ourselves directly impacts our mindset and our overall life. So I encourage 
people to replace negative self-talk with more positive and truthful affirmations such as, I am capable and can learn new skills. Or, I don't yet know how to have a courageous conversation with my manager. And I will practice and develop the skills to confidently do so. So you can see a growth mindset is implicit in these true statements. So by consistently practicing positive self-talk, we, we empower ourselves to think, feel, and act in ways that support our growth and success. Furthermore, from a faith perspective, there is that imperative to challenge and transform limited beliefs. I mean, we all have self-doubt and beliefs that can hold us back from time to time, right? Now, in Christianity, there is the urge to not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And again, we can see this implies changing our mindset to realize our personal power and convert potential into reality. When you think about physics, we talk about potential energy and kinetic energy. So we have a lot of potential, but we need to take action, starting with changing our mindset in order to convert that potential into the reality where we're utilizing our skills and our expertise and our gifts as optimally as possible. And also, personal, just going back to taking responsibility, we can see personal power is about taking responsibility and making choices that align with our goals and purposes. And this actually echoes the existential philosophy of personal responsibility and the concept of radical freedom as proposed by Jean-Paul Sartre, okay? So I've talked a lot about some of the things that we can do to tap into our power. Um, one of the essential things, because this is almost uh, foundational, and that is regular self-care. And these are common things that most people know about like whether it's taking a brisk walk or running or getting a massage, swimming, reading, meditation, praying, and so on. These can enhance our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being and contribute to increased personal power. Because actually, our health represents our best asset. Without that health, we, we don't necessarily, whether it's mental health, physical health, health in totality, without that, we're not our strongest, best self. We, we are not equipped to be able to serve as optimally as we would want to. So it's important to protect our valuable asset, which is our health. And I would just say, finally, it's important to understand that inner power goes beyond skills and talent. It also involves our ability to overcome challenges, our ability to cope with stress or manage stress, I'd say, our ability to adapt to change and bounce forward, bounce forward from disappointments. Now, in NLP, there is this presupposition 
there is no failure, only feedback. <laughs> so avoid complaining. Oh, sorry. Avoid comparing yourself to others and focus on yourself, your own learning, your growth, your progress. Never measuring your worth or success by comparing it to others. So I just encourage the leader, the re- so I encourage the listeners to continue reading, attending workshops or masterclasses, listening to inspiring action-oriented podcasts, and learning from those around you to continuously develop your inner power. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, all of this does take that work and all of this, the, the tapping into our personal power and our, our potential and, and fulfilling our goals takes that work. But the way you're talking about it is, is, is the beginning, the roadmap um, or the start of how to start working on that. And I like how you ended there too, in seeking out other places and people and things, books, podcasts, videos, uh, whatever it is to help you along this journey to help you start to grow. And uh, we believe that uh, coaching plays a significant role uh, in empowerment. And how do you think that coaching helps women navigate their careers, um, kind of their their paths and, and reach their full potential? You know, Chris, that's a really fascinating question because All ethical coaching is aimed at helping people to empower themselves fundamentally. So what exactly does empowerment mean? It's it's a, a multifaceted concept that refers to increasing the spiritual, psychological, emotional, social, physical, and economic strength of an individual. And of course, this list is not exhaustive. However, Empowerment is about recognizing inherent potential within oneself and harnessing that power to make decisions and take actions that influence our life and our surrounding. You can see how all of these concepts intertwine. Um, as an identity and self-advocate, as an identity and self-advocacy career coach. My goal is to assist women in their professional journey, helping them become empowered individuals, having control over their life and the ability to shape their path according to their personal values, interests, and career aspiration. Now, I believe that coaching significantly supports empowerment by fostering a deep sense of self-awareness, which we talked about earlier enhancing self-belief, instilling courage to take strategic risks, some amount of risk involved in change, and developing a clear vision and roadmap for career growth. Now, one primary way coaching helps is by raising self-awareness through deep self-reflection and self-knowing, self-knowing. Coaching allows women to discover their strengths, their vulnerabilities, their values and beliefs. And I think with such self-awareness, women are better able to set career goals that align with who they truly are. For example, a client of mine, after exploring her passion for sustainability through coaching, she was able to transition from a a lucrative career job to set up her own social enterprise. 
furthermore, many highly qualified, capable, and motivated women doubt and undervalue their skills and accomplishments. And in such cases, coaching helps address this by, again, identifying individual strengths, making them tangible and almost impossible to ignore. Okay? It's like placing that mirror in front of that woman, looking at the evidence to support, this is who you are, this is who potentially you could be. So I'll give you an example. A woman who doubts her public speaking abilities may have a coach help her realize, look, you're a great communicator in one-to-one conversation. And so the coach helps her to bridge this ability for larger groups. So as her skills grow, her confidence boosts, and then she can begin to see herself as not only a great communicator in a small situation or one-on-one, but you have the capacity to transition those skills, you know, speaking to a wider, a larger community. So coaching enables women to, sorry, coaching enables women to experience a positive mental and emotional connection with and acceptance of their capabilities and accomplishments. Because some women, there's the evidence, yes, I've got a degree in IT or got skills um, in marketing, whatever. And those can often be seen as flat, dry facts. But when we we help women to make an emotional connection, yes, I work hard for this. These are my accomplishments. And this is how my my accomplishments help other people they're developing that that cognitive that mental psychological and emotional connection so that they can actually own these skills they're my skills okay and so i would say additionally and this one is really important coaching offers women a psychologically safe space to share their concerns to seek advice and voice aspirations. They may not be comfortable sharing with colleagues or even friends or family. And so this confidential environment allows them to confront, shatter limiting beliefs and issues, and instead generate empowering solutions in a judgment-free zone. Because when people feel judged, they're they're more likely to to recoil rather than talk about what's really um, important to them. So that space needs to be psychologically safe for them to really unfold and share um, their concerns. So for example, a woman experiencing the challenge of balancing motherhood and career progression can discuss this openly with a coach, enabling them collectively to co-create and brainstorm practical strategies to achieve a healthy work-life balance. And and by doing that, she's in a position to be able to serve without compromising the quality of her performances. Next, coaching facilitates the identification of short and long-term career goals and the creation of an actionable actionable plan to reach them. If I may, Chris, I'll share one example of a mid-career professional who wanted a managerial role but wasn't sure about the steps she needed to take. 
so we outlined the path which involved developing specific skills, broadening her network, and again, increasing her confidence and visibility, visibility within the organization. Lastly, I mean, there's so many benefits of coaching, but I'll just end here. Coaching provides an objective viewpoint and continuous feedback, helping people navigate their career challenges, be it, again, negotiating salaries, asking for promotions, or dealing with conflicts. By addressing these issues directly and professionally, coaching ultimately helps women become more resilient and agile. And these are essential characteristics for thriving in one's career. And so in conclusion, coaching plays an invaluable role in helping people recognize their worth, hone their skills, strategically plan their careers, balance their lives, and learn to advocate for themselves. Yeah, I love how all that lines up with everything we've already talked about so far in this discussion. And, and you know, at, sometimes it just it takes someone else to come alongside you and help you in that journey. And uh, it's helpful to have someone who can who can be next to you with your best interest in mind, helping you to count, check all those boxes and, and create your goals and push yourself, reassure yourself. And as much as we want to create that uh, ability within ourselves, it is excellent and wonderful to have someone alongside us kind of helping us in that journey and, and leading us into uh, a better mindset and, and further empowering us. And uh, just to kind of wrap up here, Bernice, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned at the very end um, just now. We we're kind of talking about actionable steps. Um, what advice and maybe a few steps could you offer to women who want to transition from feeling marginalized to leading that empowered professional life? I think, as you've alluded to, there is that recurring issue where many skilled, talented, and ambitious women find themselves feeling marginalized, underutilized, and unfulfilled in their careers. Yet, I strongly believe that no woman should stay in a position where she feels anything less than valuable and inspired. So, if I can just touch briefly on what marginalization looks like. So within the context of a career or the workplace, marginalization generally refers to situations where an individual or group feel sidelined, disregarded, devalued, and unable to actively contribute or progress within the organization due to certain discriminatory factors. Now, for example, despite being an experienced, well-qualified and effective worker, a mid-career professional woman may not be considered for leadership roles due to ingrained gender biases. So she may constantly be overlooked for promotions or projects. Her opinions and suggestions may, not, may be ignored or she might be relegated to perform low-impact work. Now, this breeds a sense of underappreciation and neglect, leading to feelings of marginalization. Now, to answer 
directly the question to transition from feeling marginalized to leading a fulfilling and empowered professional life, it's not going to be a cakewalk, I promise, but it's certainly achievable. So career empowerment begins with strategic decision-making and finding the courage within oneself to explore and engage in fruitful transformation. We talked about that mindset piece already. Now, let me just summarize some practical strategies to help facilitate this transition. And this is essentially a summary. And it's about identifying your personal worth and strength, okay? Any sustainable change process starts with a knowledge of yourself. So identify your non-negotiable values and make sure they align with your work. And you can do this by reflecting upon and honestly answering questions such as, what are my core values and what drives me? So if you value teamwork and you're currently in a position where you're constantly working solo, you may feel isolated and unfulfilled. That's, that's, that's an example. Okay, so, so we talk about identifying our values and our strengths. And so your strengths also play a big role. Now, as women, we sometimes, we sometimes tend to downplay our skills. We mentioned that. But it's time to stop that. Understanding your strengths can be the first step to leverage them effectively. So start by evaluating your career thus far. Look at your accomplishments and skills you have acquired over time. Now, if you have spent, let's just say, five to 10 minutes in, a mar- in the marketing sector, you bring a broad, and vast experience and valuable insight. You have that. And so it's important to remember you are more powerful than you think. And to illustrate this, I think of a a client who downplayed 15 years of experience in human resources. She had so much expertise, but because she hadn't climbed to a significant title, she thought her knowledge wasn't substantial. So after the self-assessment and the reflection and a series of confidence-boosting exercises, she was able to leverage her strength in communication skills and manage to bag a top-tier role in a very competitive organization. So... And again, earlier we talked about self-development, saying the importance of staying relevant and competitive in our careers. These are all critical to both upskill as well as the cross-skill. I would encourage women and people in general, never stop learning. Look for opportunities for additional training and learning that contribute to your career development. 
whether it's online courses, webinars, seminars, conferences in your area of expertise, these things can significantly boost your professional growth. And again, we talk about speaking up and asserting ourselves. Um, and I, I won't go into further details there. Additionally, getting a coach or mentor, somebody who has already done what you are now seeking to do, that's somebody who has your growth and your interests at heart, somebody who will hold you accountable for your own progress. That's really important uh, in that process. And my final point, Chris, is it's about taking an inventory. This may sound similar to something that was mentioned earlier, but it's slightly different. And by taking an, an, an inventory, I mean recognize and accept the fact that you are feeling marginalized, you're feeling underutilized, you're feeling unfulfilled. So assess the situation carefully. Is it a company-wide culture? Is it specific to your team or department or perhaps an issue with a particular individual? Now with this information, your approach will vary depending on the source of the problem. And so it's imperative to recognize that you don't have to stay marginalized forever. There are several practical steps that you can and must take. And so in conclusion, transitioning isn't always about drastic changes. Sometimes it's about refining and tweaking the things you're already good at. But the key is consistency and persistence. So keep at it. Remember, empowerment begins with the decision to become your own advocate. Uh, being fearless, seize and create opportunities for yourself and you'll have a more empowered and rewarding professional life. Amazing. Amazing. Bernice, your insights have been truly enlightening. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast and sharing your wisdom on self-advocacy and personal development for women. Uh, as we finish up here, do you have any final thoughts or key takeaways that you want to share with our listeners? I think fundamentally, it's important for women to understand who they are, to develop uh, a vision of who they could become and exert the best effort with the help of competent professionals to support them on their journey towards, for example, a job that they truly enjoy. And it's so important to persevere and to remain optimistic that my life is meaningful and it's my responsibility to ensure that I, I live the life that's consistent with my call. Awesome. If people or listeners wanted to find out more about you, where could they, they go to, to find that? Sure. Uh, they could go to my website, which is berniecegeorgecoach.com. They could email me at bernice at berniecegeorgecoach.com. And I have two offers. Um, one is a free, uh, a free ebook on identity which is titled you're not you and within that book there's a there are it's a, it's a guide to understanding and and developing 
your true coherent identity. They can also book a complimentary 30 minutes call with me to begin to explore a blueprint for their career transition. And look out for a webinar, which is free, which will be available within the next couple of weeks. Very nice. That concludes another thought-provoking episode of the Prestigious Initiative. If you found today's conversation inspiring, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with others. Until next time, continue your journey towards self-advocacy and personal growth.